Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. And it's, ex- it's exciting to me uh, that we are covering this because we really are on a journey. But uh, more about that in, in, a, in a few minutes. We also, with this series, we're having 21 days of fasting and prayer, and it starts tomorrow. And I know everybody is excited about that, you know. <laughs> Just like you're excited about snow, you say, oh, it's going to be, we can make snowmen, you know, we can make snowballs and throw at each other, you know. Uh, but it's not going to snow that much, so by the time you get out, it's going to be gone. So, <laughs> uh, But, um, yes, 21 days of fasting, 21 days of prayer. Now, as I said last week, for some that might not have been here last week, that we are not going to uh, do like 21 straight days of fasting without any food, without any water, anything like that. Uh, but you need to see your doctor what you can do, what you can't do. Some of you are very uh, on, on medical uh, situation that you can't do much of anything. But whatever you can do, uh, then we ask you to do it. Uh, some of you might want to fast a meal a day. Some of you might, might fast uh, a day, three days, whatever you want to do. That's up to you. That's between you and God and your doctor. Uh, but don't do anything that's going to be hazardous to your, to your health. Uh, but we think that this is an important time of year, uh, the, the beginning of the year, that new things can happen, that God sometimes gives us an opportunity to, to uh, readjust and things of that nature. But it's also a time for us to detox. Well, not physically detox. That, that, that'll happen too. Uh, but spiritual detox. And what will we be talking about when we talk about prayer? On Thursday night, we have a, a corporate prayer time. And we want you to come if you're able to come and participate in that. And uh, you can pray at home, of course. Um, Fasting along with prayer is not going to make you be heard by God, uh, but it will sometimes give us more time to spend in the Word. I know that when I'm uh, uh, fasting, I know that it gives me more time to really concentrate on the Lord. And for me, probably it would be breakfast because that's the time I spend with the Lord. Uh, during, during the morning hours, and, and it takes me sometimes a half an hour to, to fix things that I want to fix for my breakfast, uh, then half an hour study. It gives me now a whole hour that I can spend doing that before I go in uh, with my wife to pray together. So I think it, uh, it, it adds something to it when you fast sometimes. And I've already prepared myself. I haven't started fasting yet. I'm going to start tomorrow. But I, uh, it, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for pain. And, you know, I'm really prepared for pain. Um, and that's why I didn't start earlier this week uh, and last week, even though I knew about we were going to do this. I said, I don't want to feel pain yet. You know, <laughs> not yet. Uh, but, of course, uh, you know that it's, it's a benefit to it, of course. And after a period of time, 21 days over, with, then you can uh, then maybe see what God wants you to do from that point of time time. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know that I'll be fasting uh, some during this 21 days, if not every day, and probably every day. Now, what else is up during that time? It's a time 
that when you're focusing on prayer, I want you to focus on things that God would have for you to do. Uh, for instance, you say, well, what, what are we going to pray about? You can pray for the nation. You can pray for your family. You can pray for your, your, your children. You can pray for your own individual life. But most of all, think about what God would have you to do to change spiritually. Where is he trying to take you spiritually in your journey with him? That's the key thing. That's what I want. God, are you putting your fingers on something in 2016 uh, that, that you, you have something special for me? Because God has something special for you all the time. And so what is he trying, where is he trying to take you? So I want to know that. And so that's what I'm going to be asking God. You remember last week uh, we had five points last week, and they, they are found in uh, Romans chapter 1. We said that we, 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 we know we're supposed to be uh, bond servants of Jesus Christ. We know we're supposed to be called and, and set apart. We know we're supposed to be set apart for the gospel's sake. We know that we are, um, and we talked about last week, we, we know that we are beloved. And we know also that we're not to be ashamed of the gospel. So those five points that we went over last week, we can say, well, God, what are you saying to me? Uh, do I need to be more of a doulos? Do I be, be, need to be more of a bond servant this year than last year? What areas do I need to, to, to kind of uh, zoom in on, focus in on you, God? What are you saying? This week, we'll give you seven points that we can uh, start praying about also. So you can put these points together and start asking God these things because if you just assume that God has no more for you than what you have now, you're deceived. God has more for you. I can tell you that. God has more for you. He has more for me because God is great and God is good and we're not touching the surface of where God wants to take us. We are going from glory to glory. We're going from faith to faith. We need to make sure that we are in tune and in step with where God is leading us by his spirit. So that's why we pray. That's why we fast, because we want, to, we want to know, God, what do you want to take us? Where do you want to take us? What do you want for us in 2016? It's the change of year is just an opportunity. That's all. It's an opportunity to readjust some things. It's like spring cleaning. When spring comes around, most people don't do cleaning in the winter. They do spring cleaning most of the time. And, you know, things are getting warm outside. You had everything closed up. It's now time to get the dust off. That's what uh, 2000 change of the year does. It's an opportunity to spring clean a little bit in the winter. It's an opportunity. So that's what we want to do. Not only for our own individualized, uh, but corporately we want to do that. Because we are tied together whether you know it or not. We are the body of Christ. So the body of Christ, we are together. What affects you affects me. What affects me affects you because we are a body. We are one body called Cornerstone. Now, today, we're on a journey, a journey, or a mission. We can say a mission. It doesn't matter which one we say, a journey or a mission. We are on this road taking us somewhere. Where are we going? Let's look at it in Romans chapter 8. Let's turn there. Let's start there. We're going to hit a couple of verses, a couple of scriptures, and then we'll settle in on Colossians where we'll spend most of our time. But we'll start laying a foundation in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. 
Most of us quote this verse, but we normally don't quote the other verses to go with it. Verse 28 says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and, and those called according to his purpose. We usually quote that verse. Let's continue. Because that is true. Is that not true? It is true. It is true. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's true, isn't it? It's true. So we are on a journey to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30 says, and these whom he predestined, he also called. And we talked about that last week. We are called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And we know that we are justified because of the blood of Jesus, because of the price that Jesus has, been, has paid for us, because we have given our life to Jesus Christ. We are his love servants who are his bond servants. Therefore, we are justified. We are righteous because of his righteousness. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. And it says glorified as in the past tense, even though we are going to be glorified, we are glorified, meaning it's going to happen. And so this, we are on a journey. We are on a journey. We are going somewhere. And that's what this fasting and praying, that's what this detox is all about, because we are going somewhere. And because we are going somewhere, we are going a particular place. We are not just here playing church. We are trying to change. It's important for us to change. It's important for us to change what, in what way? To be more like Christ. That's important. To be more like Christ because it says we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Let's go a little further. In Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 3, Let's go there. It says, suffer hardship with me, Paul talking to Timothy, as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. It says, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, to me, this is telling me that we are on a journey. We have a mission. We've been given a ministry of reconciliation, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 7, somewhere around like that. And on. It, it tells me that I am, this verse tells me, I am a soldier. I'm a warrior, it says maybe in the King James. And, and, and I'm enlisted in this warfare in this, as a soldier in active service because I have given my life to Jesus Christ. And therefore, my life is hid with Christ in God. And God has a mission by sending his only begotten son that whosoever, 
believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God is in a, in a process of, of drawing people out of darkness and translating them into the kingdom of his dear son, and we are part of that service of helping with his hand, with his feet, with his mouthpiece. We are not supposed to be entangled then in the affairs of everyday life. No one in Afghanistan, no one, no soldier that that's in active service going to be uh, messing around like he's a civilian. If he's over there in warfare and they're bombing, they're shooting, he's going to be very serious about his active duty. We are in active duty, spiritual active duty. And we can't afford to be messing around in this life like there is no warfare going on. There is warfare going on. Whether you see it or whether you don't, believe me from the Bible, there is warfare going on. There's warring angels. There's messenger angels. There are demons. There are, there, there, there are principalities. There's powers. There's rulers, rulers of doctors and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. There's stuff going on right now. Right now. There's stuff going on right now in here. You say, well, this is a church. They, they're waiting outside for us. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> because they operate, they try to affect your mind. They try to affect your mind. They try to get your mind off of things. We are on a mission. We are on a journey. This, we are so fortunate to be alive in 2016 to be a part of what God is doing now. 1 Thessalonians 5:23. Let's look there. It tells us another part of this journey that we are on. Verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. Sanctifies just a set apart. Now we say we were set apart last week. Sanctify you entirely, all parts of you. May your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete, without blame, and a coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're on a journey. And he's saying here that he's praying, he's saying, may the God of peace sanctify you entirely, may your spirit, soul, body be preserved completely without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is an end to this thing. We're on a journey. It says, faith is he who calls you, and he will also bring it to pass. That's that you're justified, you're glorified. He's going to bring it to pass. And in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, let's, let's, let's look there for a minute. In 2 Corinthians 7, 1, it says, therefore, and, and the therefore is there because of what he said about all the, the promises of God, where he said that, you know, come out from among them, 
uh, be separate, says the Lord, and I will be a father to you, and you'll be a son and daughter to me. So therefore, having these promises, beloved, he calls beloved again, because we are loved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So he's telling us, you are on a journey, and along this journey, you're going to get defiled. And if you get defiled, I want you to to cleanse yourself. In other words, detox yourself. Cleanse yourself from all defilement of the flesh and the spirit. He wants us to do that. So I say that this message about detoxing, about cleansing, because when you cleanse, you detox. When you detox, you cleanse yourself. So uh, even though they are separate things, but they are similar things, don't you know that if he tells us to cleanse ourselves, we need to cleanse ourselves. We need to cleanse ourselves. Why do I need to cleanse myself? Because we're living in a world. And in the world is lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, all is in the world, but the world is going to pass away. And so being in the world, just like in the natural, just being around uh, situations, around uh, things, you get defiled. You, get, you need detoxing. The same thing it is spiritually. So, therefore, I'm saying that, God, I need to know how do I detox myself. I know I, I, how I can do it in the natural. When I was, when I was little, uh, my father used to not get a cold. He'll take me to the drugstore and... And the man will give me some mixture, and it looked like grease sitting at the top of this mixture. Uh, but it tastes like it has some cherry taste, and they thought they were going to fool me to drink this stuff, and I would throw it up. And they, it was a, uh, y'all probably, you're probably too young to, to know this, uh, probably everybody except probably Sam. And they said, <laughs> but... Have you ever have, have you ever been given castor oil for a cold? <laughs> this door of Samson, no. You never gave no castor. He's lying. He's lying in church. <laughs> He's lying in church. Uh, they they will give you something to, to get the all to get all the all the you know virus and stuff out. But detoxing, you can get a cell all cell detox. You can get liver detox. You can get liver cleanses, you can, they get stuff out. They get stuff out. Well, that's what I need to know. How do I get stuff out? I don't want to take no castor oil. How do I, how do I, want, to, how do I want to get this stuff out? How to get it out? So that's what we want to talk about today. How, I guess, seven ways that we can detox ourselves. Okay? Detox ourselves. Spiritual detox. Okay? Here is spiritual detox. And you can write these down, write it on your, on your hand, write it on your pants, your skirt, where you write it where you want to write it, you know. Uh, and um, so you can remember, so you can be praying about these things. Let's turn to Colossians. And we want to be in chapter 3, verse 
seven ways we can detox ourselves. Spiritual detox. Therefore, verse 1, I'm reading out of the New American Standard. If you have been raised with Christ, have we been raised with Christ? But we didn't even know how to detox ourselves. Keep, here's number one. Number one way to detox yourself. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. In this world, we get defiled sometimes. We get stuff hanging all over us. We want to detox ourselves. And it says that the first thing is to keep seeking. That means strive to find, keep seeking the things above. The things above. There is a heaven. And we know that the heavenlies, but there is evidently different levels of heavenlies. And so we know that Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and it says that we need to seek the things above where Christ is seated. That's what we need to see. That's what we need to seek. Even though the scripture says we are seated with Christ. It says seek the things above. So I know that I want to seek, strive for things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And the things that are above are are the spiritual things that he has told me about. And he's given me that witness inside of the Holy Spirit that I'm supposed to know the things of God, and so I want to be influenced by the Spirit of God because the things that above where Christ is seated at the right hand is is in his mind, and no one knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is in us, so therefore we know what's in God's mind. We know that he's about love, joy, peace, Patience, right? Long-suffering. All those things, goodness, that, that's found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 there. We know that we need to be seeking those things. We need to be seeking them. How can I love more? How can I uh, be more long-suffering, which is patience? How can I be more joyful in the midst of the stuff that's going on in my life? How can I be more joyful? I need to be seeking those things. So the first thing I know is if I'm going to cleanse myself, I'm going to be seeking the things above that's going to help me to get rid of the stuff that's hanging on me that the world try to latch on. Number two, in verse two, set your mind on things above. Not only do I want to seek it, I want to set my mind. It's a mindset. It's a and the King James may say, set your affections on things above. Because that's what's in the mind, your mind, your will, your affections, all that's in your mind. I want to have a mindset of, God, it's all about you. It's not about me. It's not about what's going on on this earth. We are part of it. And I'm going to pray for the earth. But, but my mind is set on things above. Now, those two things, number one and number two, are 
in the present imperative, meaning that it is a continuous, repeated action. That's what it means. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a, you do this now, and that's what you do. No, it's a repeated. You have to continue to seek those things above. You have to continually set your mind on, on things above. In order to be cleansed, you have to, it's a continual thing, continual thing. Some things you can take on a, on a one-time thing. But some things, even in the body, you need to do it, you need to do it a lot. You need to continually do it. You need to continually feed your body good stuff, right? Potato chips and, and french fries and, and no, I was just kidding. Don't, don't, we need to, don't we need to continually, if we're going to stay healthy, you can't be trying to go through a detox eating french fries, right? So some things, in order to stay detox and cleanse, you got to stop putting stuff in that's toxic. So he says, I want you to continue to seek the things above and continue to set your mind, your affections on things above. That's one, two. Number three. Now, we'll keep, keep reading down here. Number three, verse three. For you have died. King James said you're dead. But you, you have died. Same thing. You're dead. You have died. You say, oh, I'm not dead. I'm alive and kicking. It says, you have died. You have to recognize that. If you're going to cleanse yourself, you're going to have to recognize you have died. And um, Galatians was said a different way, wasn't it? But similar. You were crucified with Christ. Doesn't it say that? If you were crucified with Christ, did he die on the cross when he was crucified? Well, then you died because he died for us, didn't he? And if our life is hid with Christ in God, we know that we died and that if he rose again, we will rise again. If he were the first fruit, that means that it's going to be some more fruit. If it's the first, there's going to be something else coming. So that means that we're going to rise. So that means that, uh, yes, we died with Christ. Yes, we were crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it says, I live. Doesn't it? Then it says, what? Yet, not I. Doesn't it? See, you, 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 you got a cheat sheet. I see it up there. Yet, not I, but Christ lives in me. Right? So I'm dead. I'm dead. But I'm alive. Yet not I, but Christ, who lives 
in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me. So when it says I'm I'm dead and I died, I have to really believe that. And then, that's number three. Then number four is, therefore, since you're dead, therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Oh, okay. Since I was crucified with Christ, since I'm dead, but nevertheless I live, yet not I, Christ who lives in me. I have to consider every member of this body dead. It says consider dead. Consider dead. Reckon it dead. So therefore, these hands can't steal because a dead man's hands don't steal. Right? I can't be swift to run, walk to and run to evil because these feet are dead. They are members of the body. They're dead. The eyes, the mouth. I can't be saying anything and I can't be fussing at people and, and using profanity and doing all those type of things. My mouth is dead. Isn't it? Have you ever been to a funeral? Have you ever seen the person in the cast is talking? I hope not. It says that, you know, you look at the woman to uh, lust after her, you've committed adultery, and adultery is sin. So I, I know that our eyes can't be, uh, they're dead. Are they dead? He says, he says, consider it. Consider it. Since you died, consider it. Dead. Consider it. Number one was we're going to seek the things above. Number two, we're going to do what? Set our affections on things above. These are the two things we'll continually do because they're present imperative. Then it says, you're dead. That's not continuous. <laughs> That's not in present imperative. That's you are dead now. Dead. It is it. Gone. Number four was you need to consider. We need to consider our members dead. Number five. Number five, let's look at verse eight. But now you also put them all aside. What them he's talking about? It, it, ones he's talking about in verse five: immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, idolatry, uh, all those type of things. He said, "But now you also put them aside." The King James will say, "Put off, put off." What does that mean? Take it off. It actually means strip them off. Strip off all those things, immorality, impurity, passion, 
evil greed, all those things, I want you to take them off because you're dead. You're dead. Your members, consider them dead. Take them off. Number one was that we need to seek. Seek the things above. Number two, set our affections on those things above. Number three, you're dead. Number four, consider your members dead. Number five, put off. You know, like I can pull off my coat. Pull it off. I can pull off my shoes. I can pull off my socks. You can pull stuff off. Pull that stuff off, immorality, impurity. Pull it off. Just saying. Pull it off. Number six, we want to go to a companion uh, of, of this in Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go over there, Ephesians chapter 4. Hold your place there because we're coming right back. Um, we're coming right back. Ephesians chapter 4 is telling us the same thing. If, if we started in, in verse 17, it will, it will tell us about all those things that, um, that he has told us about. But then it says that, in verse 22, it says that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self. See, that's over there that we just read. Now, verse 23. Let's look at verse 23. It says, and that you, so we know we put off, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed. Be renewed. Be renewed. That renew is in the present infinitive, and that means that this is, this is continuous action also, just like the seeking, just like the setting our affection on things above. This is also continuous. I want you uh, to, it's saying here, that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You can't just take off stuff and don't put on nothing. You got to put on something. You can't just detox and keep eating the same stuff. Right? Greasy food. When I used to make biscuits, I used to make them with this stuff called Lord. Not Lord Fox, but Lord. L-O-R-D, not, not Supreme Controller, Lord. But you know what I'm talking about, Mr. I think it's L-A-R-D. Lord. Is that what that Lord? You know what I'm talking about, don't you, brother? Hey, you know what I'm talking about. Man, that's what my, my, my aunt, I used to call her grandma, she cooked that all the time, man. I had to eat these big biscuits, big biscuits when I was growing up. Look like I used to eat six eggs and biscuits and, and fr- man, I used to eat, boy. I used to look like a little chubby, 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 chubby. Because uh, I ate so much. But man, it was made out of Lord. It was good. I mean, they were good. Good biscuits. Good biscuits. Those were molasses sopping biscuits. I'm gonna, you see, y'all, y'all don't know. See, these young people don't know a thing what I'm talking about. They never even seen in the Lord. It's still in the store. Yes, in the store. Yes, in the store. They might call it Crisco. <laughs> you, know, might, you know, we know now, get olive oil, 
of some type of nice oil. Don't you get that, Lord? <laughs> but they make some good biscuits. Now, when I make biscuits, I use um, butter, unsalted butter. <laughs> you, see, uh, you know, you can't keep putting junk in if you're detoxing. So he says if you're going to cleanse, you, you, you have to, you have to, not only are you going to take off, but you got to put something in. I want you to renew your mind. It's a continuous thing. And where is that found at? That's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. What does it say? Don't you all like the word of God? Huh? I'm, I'm telling you, man, you, you just can't... Um, I just don't want to sit up here and just tell you stuff and you say, well, it sounds good, but I wonder is it true. But when, I, when, we, when, we, when we read it in the Word, you know that it's true because it's God's Word, right? It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but... So you can take off all you want to, but you're going to have to do something. But what does it say do? Be transformed. What does that transform mean? What does it, you've been around, around Cornerstone long enough. What does that Greek word mean? Be, it's like metamorphosis, isn't it? Right? Metamorph, what, what, what is, what's the metamorphosis process? What's a, what's a better vis, visual picture? A butterfly, caterpillar, caterpillar crawl up in a, in a cocoon, and, and it comes out after the metamorphosis process, a beautiful butterfly. So it's saying that I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the only way you can prove what the will of God is. So you can, you can act like uh, I'm going to put off this stuff. I'm going to stop eating this. I'm going to stop eating this for, for 21 days, and then... I'm going to jump right back in that, those, that, that French fries, and that Lord is not going to last. I'm telling you, we, we got to put on some good stuff, haven't we? We're going to put in the Word of God. That's the only thing that's going to re- renew our mind. That's the only thing. Let's go to number seven. Now, number one, come on now, seek the things above. Number two, set your affection on things above. Number three, you are dead. Number four, so consider your members dead. Number five, you're going to take off, what? Put off. And number six, you're going to put something in. What you going to put in? Okay, you're going to renew your mind by the word of God. And the other Sam talked about uh, the word of God in his message he did. But we talk about the Word of God all the time around here. The Word of God. We're going to put that in. And number seven, let's look back. We're back in the Colossians. Let's look at number seven. That's verse 10. What are we going to do now? That we are putting in the Word of God. Once you put the Word of God in, once you start reading the Word of God, you start saying, oh, I'm not supposed to be fussing and hollering and acting all foolish. I'm not supposed to let all this corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth. But that's what is good for edifying, it says. So therefore, now I can start putting on 
some stuff. Verse 10, and have what? Put on the new self, the new man, which is being renewed, is being renewed to the true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. In other words, same thing we just read in, 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 in Romans chapter 12 is we're going to be renewed in the spirit of our mind because if we're going to be renewed, um, we're going to have to then practice what we are learning. And that practice is putting on. We're going to try these shoes on. They don't fit. they kind of tight now, you know, but uh, I don't know. We're going, to, we're going to keep putting on stuff, putting on stuff, putting on stuff from the word of God. That's what we're going to do. How do you cleanse yourself? It said, and you remember we went through it in, 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 in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. We said that you got to cons- uh, cleanse your spirit and your flesh from defilement. And how do you cleanse yourself? Number one, seek the things above. Number two, set your affection on things above. Number three, you're dead. You have died. Therefore, consider your members for dead to immorality, impurity, uh, evil speaking, profanity, all the things that, that our body members do, we're going to consider our members dead to that. Then we're going to put off all this old junk, and we're going to renew the spirit of our mind, number six. And number seven, we are going to put on the new man which is after the image of God. That's how we're going to purify ourselves. That's what we're going to do. And in natural, be, uh, we can take castor, you can take some all-cell detox, you can, take, you can take a liver cleanse, you can do whatever you want to do, but we're going to have to start putting some stuff in, and we have to change our lifestyle. Okay? That's what we're talking about spiritually. In 2016, we're on a journey. We're on a journey to be more like Christ. That's what we're on a journey for. We read it because at his coming, we want to be found like he wants to find us. It was talking about the husband-wife situation. When Christ comes back, he doesn't want a bride all wrinkled up, all messed up. He wants a bride that's what? Without spot or blemish. That's what he wants. And so we have something to do. And we know as we do this, we know because we know the theology of Cornerstone is that even though we know that we cleanse ourselves, we know that we cannot cleanse ourselves. Don't we? We know that as we do, the Spirit of God comes in and takes us. We are walking. We are going somewhere. But we are going through his leading, through his direction, through his strength, because we can, we can do nothing apart from Christ. We can do nothing apart from him. But he says that I want you to do this. And he told them many times to do that all through the through the Bible, go out and fight. Get up. Go out and fight. 
but he already knows that the victor is his because he's going to go before him. Yeah. Joshua, take him over into the promised land. But then he says, but I'll be with you. I'll go before you. He told us, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them all those things I've told you in, in Matthew uh, 28. And then he says, what? Lord, I'll be with you always to the end. So even though I'm telling you these seven things that to detox yourself, I've told you, I read to you in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 24, I've said that faithful is he who will bring it to pass. Didn't it? Didn't it? Faithful is he that will bring it to pass. And I praise God that it doesn't depend upon me. Wait a minute. What does that mean? <laughs> I was just kidding. Uh, in, in the, don't you, don't you praise God? It doesn't depend upon you and me. Because it won't get done. But if you lay in bed and think that he's going to get you up and take you somewhere and take you from where you are to where he wants you to be, you can forget it. He's going to tell you, you get up, you put on your clothes, you watch over you, you do what you're supposed to do and go out and then I'll be with you. We're going to have to do something. Okay. Let's stand. God is good. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434 847 4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.